there. This is our podcast, Dylan, David, and Sean Take on Fascism. For today's episode, we are going to be discussing the question, how to kill a democracy. So before we start, I just want to ask everyone a question. What is the single most important factor in how to kill a democracy? In my opinion, it would definitely be the state of crisis that the nation is in. Anyone else? I'd have to say that it's the willingness of the people to abandon democracy. I would say it's the use of the paramilitary organizations. It it invokes fear into the voting minds of the people that are in the d- democracy. I think it's the one major degrading factor that uh, dismantles a democracy. And now we are going to discuss all of our answers. The first step in killing a democracy is when a crisis arises in a community or a nation. So, for example, of course, when it comes to Germany and Italy, it's the disasters of World War I and also the Great Depression. So, in Germany, the Weimar Republic was formed, but people felt that it did not go far enough to solve the problems that they were suffering from. So, the the failures of liberal democracy caused them to turn to more radical alternatives that included both fascism and communism. As Sean said, when a community or a nation is in crisis, it leaves the people very susceptible to radical alternatives because of their weakened state, which is a very important reason why crisis plays a crucial role in how to kill a democracy. For example, the state of post-World War I Germany and Italy, the two countries that had fascist movements immediately following the First World War, the people were very upset about the outcome of the Treaty of Versailles. In Germany, the reparations practically bankrupt the country. In Italy, they pretty much joined the war effort and got nothing out of it. They actually lost much territory that they once had. This got the people on the side of the whole fascist movement. Another important factor in how to kill a democracy is power military groups. These groups committed acts of violence to silence opposition, and they overall led to the destabilizing of the government and overall struck fear into the hearts of people. During the fascist movements in both Italy and Germany, Hitler utilized his stormtroopers or his brown shirts and Mussolini utilized his black shirts to create civil disorder in order to strike fear in the hearts of political adversaries. This led to a major decrease in opposition against the fascist movement. These paramilitary groups were bad enough on their own, wreaking havoc through through uh, Germany and Italy during this time. But what worsened their effects was the uh, either un- inability or unwillingness by the local police and militaries of these countries to respond to these uh, 
to these acts of violence, basically. The military doesn't respond properly to Mussolini's march on Rome, which allows him to be appointed prime minister of of uh, Italy. And in Germany, the local police don't stop Hitler's stormtroopers going through the streets and rounding up political adversaries, communists, Jews, and other uh, quote-unquote undesirables from being sent to those concentration camps. During the election years leading up to Hitler's election as Chancellor of Germany, the political parties, in particularly the left side of German politics, was splintered into several segments. You had on the left side, you had the moderate liberals, you had social democrats, and you had communists. For the longest time, Stalin, the leader of communism throughout Europe, would forbade the communists from doing any kind of political activity with other left-wing radical groups, even moderate groups. There was no unity on the left side of politics. Uh, especially in Germany. So in Germany's case, the Nazi party won the elections, but they never had a majority of voter support in Germany. That is 50% of the voting uh, population support. So this could have presented an opportunity for the, the left to unite and form some form of coalition government to combat the rise of fascism in Germany, but instead their uh, petty differences led to them fracturing uh, and their disagreements did not allow them to properly stop uh, the rise of fascism in time. Another important factor is the willingness of the people. Some people wanted revolution. Some people saw fascism as an alternative to communism and some people were just scared that if they didn't side with the fascist, they would be murdered. So, an example of this would probably be the, Catholic, the, the center party making a deal with Hitler so that if they vote for him, or and the Nazis in general, and get them on the board, they the Nazis will allow Catholic instruction in schools and allow Catholic organizations to continue if the center party stays out of politics. So after that, they did vote for the Nazis. So it was an agreement with the Vatican. Their willingness to sort of make a deal with Hitler is a prime reason why he was able to succeed in his killing of the Jews and all the other undesirable peoples. The support of the conservative party in Germany was also an important factor in the fascist party's rise. So the even though the fascists were not uh, a majority party before the elections and even after the elections, the base of their support in parliament and in general came from the conservative party. The conservative, the conservatives thought that they could control Hitler because he had no political experience, so they 
they entrusted him with uh, all these powers because they thought that he would either repay them or entrust them to uh, run the government for him so that they thought they would get all the power. They did not expect Hitler to completely dismantle the Republic and give himself complete authority over the government and all laws that were passed in Germany. Democracy begins to break down when certain government agencies and liberties are taken away. Examples of these liberties are representative bodies, rights of citizens, independent courts, free press, and existence of organizations not controlled by the state. So the first one is representative bodies. There were no political parties, they were outlawed, and no free contested regular elections after all of the rights and the rule of law fell apart. Next is the right of citizens. People weren't allowed to have free speech, due process, or any of the rights that people value in their life. Another is independent courts. So people didn't have the right to have their own trial. They were Nazi and fascist courts making all the decisions. The next is free press. People weren't allowed to write or say on the radio their anti-fascist ideas. They couldn't write in the newspaper about it. Basically, they were just restricted on anything they wanted to say. And finally, it is the existence of organizations not controlled by the state. So the only organizations that were allowed were fascist organizations. So when all of these civil liberties are taken away, that is when democracy has failed. What was the main event that led to the dismantling of the German democracy? In February 1933, there happened to be a terrorist attack. Uh, the Reichstag uh, was set fire, and it was blamed on uh, communists, domestic terrorists in the country at the time. Um, what this did was it enabled a series of laws to get passed because when the country is under attack, uh, no one's going to argue uh, laws passed to keep keep the citizens of the country safe. So what happened was Paul von Hindenburg, who was not very much a fascist at the time, passed a series of laws called the Decree of Protection of People and State, and basically civil liberties were suspended, uh, police were able to arrest terrorists associated with the Communist Party. Um, the federal government had supreme authority over the state, um, and that's the state-level police. Now, after the passage of the decree of protection of the people and state, uh, what this led to was the Enabling Act. This was proposed by Hitler himself, and it was passed by by a parliament. Uh, this was passed in March 1933. The Enable, Enabling Act uh, allowed for laws to be enacted directly by the Reich cabinet. Laws can deviate from the constitution. Um, they were prepared by the chancellor and they went into effect Im immediately. Uh, 
treaties of the Reich with foreign states didn't require consent of bodies and legislation, and laws effective today were invalid if the Reich was replaced, basically gave Hitler ultimate authority over any kind of legislation that was in place. There was no voting on things. Whatever Hitler said basically went into effect when he said whatever he said. A very general statement about how democracy itself is flawed in that it leads to the death of democracy itself is how laws and, for example, in the United States, the Constitution are only so powerful as long as the people that it applies to respect them. So say, for example, enough of the population decide that these laws don't work for them or the Constitution is uh, an obstacle to them, then if they have a majority of support within that nation, then it is possible for them to dismantle the Constitution or get rid of those laws. Also, another thing about democracies is that not any one single democracy is going to be a perfect democracy. There sometimes and there can be loopholes in a democracy where a candidate if uh if if the timing is right they can exploit the situation going on in a country uh for example we used germany and we used italy after world war 1 those two countries were basically down in the dumps uh after the war in particularly economically um uh, for example, in America in 1968, primaries used to be um, decided by political parties. Um, and this was a long time before 1968, not just, not just then. Um, the Democratic and Republican parties could screen candidates, and they referred to it as the smoke-filled room, you know. And uh, that was almost an undemocratic way of of uh, screening candidates and whoever the parties would screen, the people could elect whoever the parties picked to run for office. Now, the Democratic Party after, uh, I believe it was in the, yes, it was in the 1980s, the Democratic Party did away with this, but the Republican Party never actually did away with this uh, process. So the Democratic Party, would they would still maintain their screening of candidates, but the Republicans basically let these candidates get elected by the people. There was a lot more power in the Republican Party for the people to elect their candidates. Now, what this does is if there is a economic downturn and the majority of the American people are, uh, I guess, uh, a little resentful towards the political situation in the country, they can elect a radical candidate. This opens the door for, they call it a demagogue, to get elected into office. And like Hitler, they can get elected legally, and once they're in office, start dismantling the democracy that got him elected. 
So that's all we have for you guys today. Thank you very much for listening to Dylan, David, and Sean take on fascism. And we will see you for the next episode. And I really hope you enjoyed listening to us talk about what kills a democracy. Thank you.